Hey guys, so I am driving and I'm going to try to record um, headed over to a customer's house. Um, perhaps some of you came across a uh, controversial statement that Stephen Furtick made uh, a few days ago on Facebook and he said something along the lines of when you come to Christ, Christ doesn't change who you are, he just reveals who you always were. And there are people more qualified than me to really dig into the theology of that. I think one of the reasons it became a, a hot topic was of how confusing a statement it is. Because it's almost one of those statements where if a person had a certain kind of intention, it could mean one thing. And if they had a different kind of intention, it could mean a different thing. So it's just ambiguous enough that it's like half true, sort of. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things that caught fire. The other thing that's difficult about a statement like this is that God uses all different kind of people and, um, you know, it's really easy to take shots at megachurch pastors because their greed or their excess is easily visible. But the quiet, cold, sort of black uh, evil of, of the pride that wells up in me as I try to... Um, position myself as superior in some way is much harder to spot but perhaps even more damaging so I want to be balanced and you know people like him uh, God uses people like him in many ways and uses all of us and and if I you know hope for God to use me then it's uh it would be incoherent not to not to acknowledge that God clearly uses flawed people so rather than come at this from like a theological standpoint, because there are people already doing that and people that are more qualified than me in that um, sort of technical realm to, to go there. So I want to come at this from an existential standpoint. If God is the means and you are the end, if God is a conduit for you, and rather than you be a conduit for him, then forget whether that's right or wrong or even biblical. It is suicide in the end. You are rearranging the chairs on the Titanic. A few years ago when I was nearing suicide myself, one thing that became very, very clear is that whatever I needed, I did not have. It was not going to be found inside me. I never... Uh, probably more than any time in my life had I never had more self-centeredness. I had never had more inward eyes than during that time. And uh, it's not all out of ego. Part of why I had inward eyes that led to my depression and all that was because of an, an unmet need, an unmet sort of pain and trauma. And that's true of all people. But just the same, I thought about myself exclusively and I obviously struggled with that still, but that is a huge contributor to depression and, and those kinds of, of hurt. So, um, but the, the point is, let's go back to Stephen Furtick's statement that when you become to Christ, when you come to Christ, uh, he doesn't change you. He just turns you into who you always were. Rather than try to find the, the theology of that statement, just from a, uh, existential standpoint, from a, um, standpoint of, misery and happiness this is a road to nowhere it's one of those statements that is very short-term thinking 
that in the short term, if life is about you, if life is about me, then in the short term, that is unbelievably satisfying. It is unbelievably gratifying to feel and to think and believe that the world revolves around me. And that is a very deep want of mine to feel that that is the way the world is structured. But long term, it is a road to complete unhappiness and deconstruction. Religion is only worth something if it is not about you. If you are the center of the religion, it's hopeless because it is as limited and broken as you and I are. Only if it has things to give us which we could not give ourselves is it of any value. At the same time, like I said, pride underlies all of the worst evil, including rape and murder are essentially just the fullest expressions of pride. Rape being, I want to have sex with you and nothing about the value of your life will stop me. And murder being, I want you dead and nothing about the value of your life will stop me from getting what I want. So underneath the things which are quite straightforwardly the most evil, the most diabolical, is pride. Pride is evil. And I am not immune. So um, I think a more, a simpler way of understanding our actions is that our actions are the lens and God is everything true and beautiful that we might see, that we could be capable of seeing. I was thinking earlier that when I've been most depressed, it's sort of, if I had to visualize what depression is, it's sort of like your field of view narrowing and narrowing and narrowing until you can just see one little dot that everything else is just black and in your, your range of what you can see is getting smaller and smaller. And that to walk with God in, in the fullness of the beauty and truth of that is the opposite of that. That your, my sort of pride and uh, lust and all of those things, they just darken the glasses I'm wearing. Think of your actions as the glasses you're wearing that allow you to see everything else. The more we give in to our vices, whether they be pride or some kind of more easily uh, visible vice, the darker the lens becomes and the darker everything we are able to see becomes. Everything becomes gray and then black. But the closer we get to the true beating heart of God, both to, in everything that that means and all the complexity and all the sacrifice that comes with that and all of the questioning and the doubts that we might have about Him. But as we run to Him and say, God, I'm scared, I'm confused, I feel like I can't trust you. I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't why, know why I feel so broken. I don't know why I feel so alone. I don't know why. As we run to him, our glasses become clearer and we can see the beauty of everything around us. We can see the beauty that he has put into every good thing and we can be in his presence and that happiness is to be in his presence, to to over our lifetime slowly by giving in to what we want by being let down by what we want by giving in again over and over until slowly we deliberately say God I can't trust myself anymore I can't trust that I know what is best really not that I wouldn't try 
but that it doesn't seem to work, and that as we hand over the cards, our glasses become clearer. I've seen this in marriage. It doesn't just work in some ethereal, spiritual way. I've seen this in marriage, that when I got married, there's a certain aspect of my self-centeredness that had to die. It was no longer an option. I was either not going to be able to stay married, or I was going to be less self-centered. And although every single day there is a certain part of that that is painful to me, there's a certain aspect of suffering of my self-centeredness, but I also noticed that there are small instances all the time of happiness, of joy, of true joy that I never knew before that. And that those things are tied together. The death of my self-centeredness, of our self-centeredness, of our destructive impulse, and the life and birth of deep joy. It doesn't happen overnight, and any time I, um, I would attempt to insinuate that I have in any way um, uh, you know, a one-up on you, then that is proof that I don't. So it is hard to uh, to speak out against things that might be untrue because um, God uses flawed people. And if I ever think that God's going to use me, then I have to believe that. But God can use him. He is using him. And God can use every one of us, no matter how flawed we might be. He is not limited to us saying the perfect thing or not saying the perfectly wrong thing. God is not limited. But, uh, but at the same time, if life is about us, it's empty. It's meaningless. But if life is about something that is far beyond us, and our actions are merely the thing that get in the way, then there is more beauty and joy and peace which can be had than what we might experience through self-obsession. Not that I haven't tried it. Anyway, I love you guys. Um, the article, I meant to tell you this uh, on Monday. The article that I wrote is going to be coming out about a week from today. I am so excited about that. I am just over the moon about that. Um, and I may become a regular writer over there. If that does happen and that works for you know my schedule and, and all that because my main priority is to work hard and then be a good husband and everything else is, is after that. So if, I, if that does work out, uh, that I'm a you know a regular writer over there. I don't know what that means for this podcast because, uh, you know, because I think I'd be using a lot of the time uh, that I usually use to structure these podcasts, and and we'll be trying to write articles with that same time. So things are a little bit up in the air um, as to you know how much time um, can I can I put to these things, and and where is it best um, used, most useful, you know? So. Um, yeah, the the thing, the idea that things are up in the air is a little bit nerve-wracking to me, whether I'll continue the podcast or whether it will take a different shape or whether I'm going to really just focus on the, the writing thing. But uh, regardless, um, just want to do what I can and be useful in the way I can. But the next thing is, is like I said, next week that article will come out, and I'm just super excited to uh, to share it with you guys and really honored that they allowed me to, to uh, send it in. So... Anyway, I hope you're having a great week, and, uh, and I'll be back with you soon. Love you guys.